Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses and workshops for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you're selling on a regional basis at farmer's markets or just online, and you want to expand your retail distribution, look into the courses and webinars available from Kitchen to Shelf. Want to learn more about distributors, co-packers? Kitchen to Shelf can help you learn what you need to know to grow. That's kitchentoshelf.com, kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. I'm Steve Clear, and I'm very happy to have with me today is my guest, Shannon Roddy. Shannon started working with Amazon in 2012, way back when, both as a seller and then also as a consultant. The first company he was hired to help experienced a 400% increase in sales the following month, and he has continued to discover solutions for brands that are selling on Amazon. Beyond consulting, he's also expanded his services to include marketplace seller courses and has worked with over 85 brands, inventors, and startups in order to help them launch, grow, and protect their sales on Amazon. We have a lot of ground to cover today, so we'll get started. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's great to be back. Has it been a year? I think it's been a year, right? I think it has been a year, and what a year it's been. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 it feels like a decade away from meeting up at a fancy food show in San Francisco. So I remember us running around trying to talk people into Amazon. I know. Into e-commerce as getting, a concept. Getting rejected. People saying, nah, I'm nah, not interested. No, not too expensive. I can't do it. Then the pandemic happens, and all of a sudden, if you're not on e-commerce, you're like out of business. Yeah, uh, possibilities. Um, one of my clients, Carrie Aaron, I, I met her at the Fancy Food Show. We had a great talk for 10 or 15 minutes, and she listened to my podcast the whole way home, bought the courses when she got home, and then we did some consulting with her. I mean, this was right before the pandemic hit, and sales just skyrocketed. So, um, you know, they, they dipped down a little bit after that initial you know, two to three months, but, but the process of optimizing listings, utilizing FBA and also merchant fulfilled, just kind of really coaching her through the strategy. I mean, their sales were up three, 400%, something like that uh, for Amazon for the year as a whole. Yeah. Um, and it was exciting because they're a great company and you want to see companies stay employed and stay in business and be hiring more people as opposed to laying people off, especially during such a critical pandemic. So yeah, it's it feels like a lifetime since then for sure. Yeah, it was it was a change for with some of the folks I work with where it was uh, going from trying to take it up a couple of percentage points every month to all of a sudden, oh my god, we're out of stock on everything, and um, yeah, you know, I mean, and just crazy. And 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 I, my observation across a couple of different clients, a couple of different categories, is Amazon has not quite recovered yet. In no, terms, I think of, they're still catching up. You know, right. Of terms of delivery stuff and there's there's issues and, you know, stuff where you, you know, the truck is supposed to be here last week. It doesn't come until this week, um, that kind of thing. But regardless of that, what we've had happen has been, if you will, on the on the not on the conservative, on the more liberal side, you've had 10 years of growth in e-commerce in the last eight months, 10 years. And, and it's interesting, Steve, because you know I, I do a lot of research on innovation. I'm, I love innovation. I'm working on a book uh, on the side. But the idea of innovation, of simply doing something new or doing something in a new way, innovative brands are always pushing the envelope. And they also know how to pivot quickly. 
and make changes really, really fast. And, you know, just from a food company that I saw make a pivot probably better than any other company here locally in Georgia is Chick-fil-A. And I, you know, they had had an app, which was pretty, you know, forward thinking. And they also had done curbside pickup. Well, you know, you'd, you'd pull in and they had two spots designated. I mean, this is the week after COVID hit and they numbered 30 spots in their parking lot. And this, they just closed the restaurant and they updated the app so that you would pull in and they'd say, what space are you in? Oh, I'm in space 27. You pick up your food. I don't think they've slowed down at all. I think they've probably hired more people. I think their business is probably booming. Um, And we could tell by the line, you know, people going through the drive-through, but, but it's because they were ready. They were prepared. They had those pieces in place so they could make that pivot when the time came. And even though it required some pivot and some change, they had enough pieces in place that they could leverage the opportunity instead of being totally crushed and completely behind the, behind the ball. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, it's, it's been totally different. And, you know, we've seen, we've had enough time go by now to see kind of the rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yes, it, it, it did slow down a little bit in, you know, July and August, uh, in some of the categories I work in, but it picked right back up again in, in Q3 and certainly the gross numbers have not gone down. Right. I mean, we're still, yeah. you know, we're still benefiting from that, that lift. Um, you know, and, and I think habit wise, just, you know, it's been too long for people to go yeah. back to how they were shopping before. Well, think about how many people signed up for Prime last year. I mean, oh. what, 80% of the country or more. And 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 those people aren't going to cancel their Prime memberships next year. Oh, it's, no. It's too convenient. I mean, I my office faces the street. I do nothing but watch the postal, you know, the post postman come by once a day and Amazon trucks drive around the neighborhood. That's it. I mean, those are the, you know, it's parents dropping off their kids, you know, at school and then coming back and then it's Amazon delivery vans. I mean, they have a streamlined system. And again, you, you look at that aspect of innovation. They were so prepared. They were so far ahead into the future that for them, it was nothing to make a pivot and capitalize on it. They had the infrastructure in place. They had right. the innovation in place. They had a culture of moving fast and taking advantage of opportunities. And I think that's something that I see more and more. And I understand that it's hard when you say, this makes money for me now, that doesn't make money for me yet, but that is the future. That is the way it's going. And we need to start investing in it before it puts us under. Because usually usually at the point that it's forcing you to change, it, it may already, in some cases, be too late. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and clearly the, uh, the exposure or whatever, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll go back real quick. So, for the folks in the audience, if you if you are you're on Amazon and you understand what Shannon and I are talking about right now, just hang on because we're going to do a little deep dive. But just for those folks who may still be on the fence or whatever, first of all, uh, I've taken it. You need to visit um, to get the free masterclass from Shannon. Shannon, what's the um, website address? Yeah, marketplacesellercourses.com. So marketplacesellercourses.com. And yeah, the free masterclass is a great place for people who are either still considering Amazon, trying to figure out Amazon, or they've been been selling on Amazon a little bit, but they still don't fully understand it. They're looking for that full 360 or 30,000 foot overview. I cover all that in, in the masterclass. And, and you can reach out to either of us or both of us if you want to talk about it a little bit more, but I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll put a cap on it by saying, you need to be there. You need to be there yesterday. And, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about why, 
with some yeah. of the folks that that we've been working with. Um, one of the things, Shannon, with again pandemic kind of is um, we've gotten into this this idea that um, there's more of a visual identity, more A plus content, all of this stuff that goes to brand registry. So, can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about? If you're going to be on Amazon and just, or if you are, and you're not in brand registry or you're not FBA, why should right. you be? So, I mean, in terms of infrastructure, obviously you have to start with optimized listings. A plus content is an additional benefit. It allows you to create sort of a graphic landing page. Um, and nobody does this better than Daniela Boltzmann of Mindful Goods. So um, they specialize in content creation. So it's it, what's great about it is if you go, okay, that sounds great. I know I need A-plus content. I have no idea how to do it, or I don't have the time or the bandwidth, the resources. You can you can literally hire them to, to have it be as a done-for-you service. But the A-plus content really is a place to capture your audience's uh, attention, stop them from scrolling, and call out features and benefits that are going to make them want to buy your product, including things like telling them your brand story, engaging them. Um, and I think that you know Amazon is now so competitive that you really have to do all of those little tiny pieces to do anything you can to help stand out. Um, so certainly on the listing side, A plus content has become huge. Uh, the other part that we didn't talk about is is brand videos. Obviously, right. you can add videos to the top of your listing, but even more importantly, you can run video ads. And the, we have a food brand client that we started running video ads for. We are crushing it. I mean. Overnight, 10% of their sales came straight from video ads at the lowest A cost, the lowest cost per click, because there is nobody else in their category running running video ads. So when nobody else is competing you against you for those keywords, you're going to be able to dominate. So again, you've got to be, if you want to be successful on Amazon, you can't just be a laggard. You have to be at the forefront, at the cutting edge of what Amazon's doing and keeping up to date with all of that is something that we, you know, we work to specialize in. But but the other aspect of brand registry, and and for those of you who do not have a registered trademark, I think we mentioned this in our last episode. Yeah, go get go get a registered trademark. Yeah, and one it. of the one of the neat updates that Amazon just rolled out, I put a post out on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. Even if your trademark is pending, if it it is pending and it's not fully registered, Amazon is now accepting that and enrolling companies in brand registry. You used to have to wait until the registration was complete. So. The fact that they're now allowing pending trademarks to enroll is a huge step forward. But A plus content, storefronts, brand ads, video ads, uh, and the side aspect off Amazon of distribution enforcement equally equally critical. You have to have a registered trademark. Right, got it. Got to have it. Got to be there. Um, we were going to talk a little bit, Shannon. About, let's let's d- deep dive a little bit about. Um, in terms of listings and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking beforehand, and I know you wanted to to get into it a little bit. We all talk about SEO, mm-hmm. search, the role it plays, all of those things. Um, but obviously, critical in e-commerce, not just Amazon. Critical mm-hmm. in your e-commerce in, in sure. any shape or form. And can we talk a little bit about the effects and stuff you've seen of of changing up your SEO game? Yeah, I mean, again, uh, it's I, I've done SEO for years as a web designer. I've taken it to a whole nother level in the most recent couple couple of months. And uh, Helium 10 is the keyword research tool that we use for Amazon specifically. It allows you to put in seed keywords. So those are uh, individual keywords that might represent your product. Um, but it also allows you, if you're kind of not sure where to start, you can put in your competitor's ASIN. So the ASIN of your 
competitor product into Helium 10 and see what keywords they rank for and go, oh, that's a good keyword. That, like that, that, that's relevant and applicable to my brand. So it's a great place to start doing that keyword, keyword research. Um, the impact of SEO is critical because the way I look at SEO is you have uh, this whole stream of traffic. So I look at it sort of like as a five-lane highway. These are people who are searching for products to solve their problems, right? They're looking for a barbecue sauce. They're looking for a breakfast cereal. They're looking for a snack bar, whatever the case may be. And if you do the right keyword research, you can discover what customers are searching for by what search volume and utilize that SEO, integrate it into your listing, into your title, the product features, and the search terms in the back end in order to literally move your product in front of that five-lane highway to get that traffic coming straight to you uh, and to your listing. Now, that's the first part of it. And that's what we call indexing. So adding those keywords to my listing allows Amazon's A9 algorithm to index your product for those keywords. That's great, but that's just the first start. It doesn't mean that you're actually ranking for those keywords. So we have we have companies we help onboard and we we launch their product, we do the keyword research, and they, you know, their their listing goes up yesterday and they're emailing me, you know, tomorrow, the next day and saying, um, I, I searched this keyword and my product's not coming up. It's like, yeah, but there's yeah. you know, 1500 products that have been selling on Amazon for the last seven years for that keyword they're going to outrank you. And so the key is, how do you increase the organic rank? How do you get in front of those people when there's so many people in front of you with a head start? And the key is advertising. It's taking those same keywords that you just did the keyword research for and integrated into your listing. And then advertising, you can be at the top of page one to get in front of your prospective customers. Yeah. And and you can get an, an amazing... Um... I mean, an amazing boost. Um, I, I like your idea with Helium. Uh, one of the things we talk about with clients is, you know, go through your competitors' reviews. Mm-hmm. See what other people are calling your competitors' products because you're probably missing on a, a few things. And there's also this whole idea that there's a consumer language out there that may exist that because you've developed a brand, because you're in the industry, you may not, you know, you may not immediately get. Right. And, you know, and, and changing SEO can have dramatic effects by just getting a couple of those words that you didn't call it that nobody in the industry calls it that. Yeah. Right. But the consumer who's buying it calls it that. So it's very, you know, it's very, very important. And also, you know, again, you get back to the dominance idea of Amazon is in with purchase intent, 60% of people who are going to purchase a product, start a search on Amazon, not yeah. on Google. Yeah. It's huge. So intending to purchase. So the p- people that are shopping are still dominantly using Amazon to buy. They may not buy it on Amazon, fine, right. but they're going to go look at it on Amazon and you should be there. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and the neat thing about Amazon that's different than other platforms is, is sort of the Amazon flywheel effect that as you advertise your product on a specific keyword, it will also impact your organic rank for that specific keyword. And so we call this the Amazon trifecta and it's discoverability plus buyability equals rankability. So discoverability is how does the customer discover your product, right? Those keywords that they put in. Buyability is how well your listing is optimized, the images, the titles, the A plus content, all those things that we mentioned, that's going to determine your rankability. So the ability to convert for a specific search term over time will increase your organic rank. Well, if you spend 
you know, $100,000 on Google running traffic to your website and then turn it off, your website traffic just dries up in terms of what it was before. With Amazon, that's not the case. You can drive tons of traffic, uh, you know, in terms of relevant keywords to your listing on Amazon and then enjoy the sort of offshoot effects of or increased organic sales. And that's why people, if you're doing advertising, there's a term called ACOS, your acquired cost of sale. Right. Um, and people are very concerned about ACOS, but they forget that impact of how paid impacts organic. And so we always tell people, look at your tacos, your total acquired cost of sale. Right. Because as your spend increases for relevant keywords, your product is also going to increase uh, in organic sales as a, as a direct result of that investment. And, and if you're going to spend at the levels, and, and, and by the way, again, because I'm, I, I'm an old advertising guy from the days when we did television and radio, um, you know, your lifetime value of your customer, when you acquire a customer on Amazon, the, the chances of that person buying your product again, becoming brand loyal, whatever, much greater than in a supermarket or in Walmart or any other place. Because there's, first of all, they're looking at a shelf that's got 15 other things just like yours. Yeah. At Amazon, they're looking at a page. And yes, there may be some other listings down there, but primarily what they're looking at is your product, your packaging, what you have going on. So if you understand the value of acquiring a new customer, right, and and it's going to pay out, it's incredibly cheap on Amazon by any measure I ever did in traditional advertising. Incredibly right. cheap. It's like they'll come up with budgets and you know, you you look at spending three thousand on right Amazon. Okay, I spend three thousand in radio in a market like Minneapolis or Chicago, I'm done right. in a weekend. Right. right. That's it. I'm done. Oh yeah. By the way, I reached two million households. Yeah, but Incredibly hard to measure. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Did the cash register, you know, at, at Jewel Ring any? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a clue. So I find that and I find that fascinating. That's that's one aspect. The second aspect I find fascinating is again, brand registry, the depth of analytics that mm-hmm. you are able to get to. And when you make a change, I love, love talking to a client and going, hey, um, you know. We have a retail situation where there's somebody selling at a slightly reduced price. Let's match that price on Amazon and see what happens. Let's talk in a week. Right. Well, first of all, you couldn't do that in, right. in any other, you know, I mean, any other capacity, right? You can change something, come back in a week, do a dive in the analytics and see exactly what the effect was. That's priceless. That's- yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a closed system and that's the thing. Amazon controls everything. And, you know, we talked about fulfillment briefly, but if your product is shelf stable, you need to be using FBA. You need to be using fulfillment by Amazon. Now, I always tell clients, especially food brands, set up what we call dual fulfillment. And I think we had we talked about this with one of your other brands. Yep. Set up dual fulfillment so that if your product goes out of stock at FBA, you can still fulfill it merchant fulfilled. But the key is, if your product is fulfilled by Amazon, then the millions of Amazon Prime customers like myself, we tend to filter by free two-day shipping which means if you're just relying on merchant fulfilled, we never even see your product. It nope. never even comes up. And the only exceptions are you've got chocolates, you've got refrigerated products, um, you know, frozen products. Obviously, right. you have to do merchant fulfilled there uh, currently. But, but I think that those are the things of understanding these are the have-tos. You have to use FBA if your product is shelf-stable. You're never going to be able to compete with a bunch of other companies. And, and one of my clients, they were hesitant to use FBA, again, because of the increased cost. And I said, let's look at an analysis 
we looked at their FBA listings, the handful of products that they'd converted to FBA versus their merchant fulfilled. They converted at double the rate, double. So you think about, I can spend $3,000 on an FBA listing and make twice as much money than, you know, advertising a merchant fulfilled listing. You know, how does that factor into your cost? And again, you've got to be thinking about all these things. By the way, a quick tip, and, and you, uh, maybe you send you the link to put in the show notes. If you're looking to really understand your SKU level profitability, check out SellerScale, sellerscale.com. Uh, Paul built this incredible, robust um, analytics. It's basically a reporting dashboard. It integrates with Amazon. It integrates with your advertising. I signed up a couple of clients over the last couple of weeks. It sucks in all the data. You put in your cost of goods and your monthly cool. overhead. It okay. shows you everything. And it's so user-friendly. And of course, as we know, Amazon's reporting, not so user-friendly. So you can see right. your return rate. You can see how much you spent in FBA fees. You can see your reorder rates. Like everything's in there. And um, it, again, it's a must-have. It's a must-have. Yeah, and and during the during the pandemic with with a lot of issues with out of stocks and stuff, and then and then also uh, Amazon again a, a little bit of the system kind of falling down in places. Um, you know, the ability to be able to, especially some people who are fulfilling off their own websites anyway, or mm-hmm. I have clients who fulfill wholesale orders, right? So they've right. got they've got guys, they've got the dock, they've got the trucks coming, whatever. But we had to switch off several times, like literally one week on. And then because product was moving through Amazon fairly slowly to the distribution centers. And so right. all of a sudden you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and go, Oh, no, we got to fulfill this today. And we got to right. fulfill it this week until they get it back on again. Yeah. But, uh, but that's a kind of flexibility that you have to have. And at least you can do that. If you are out of stock at Walmart, you're just out of stock. You're out of stock. Yeah. And, and same for companies that just rely on FBA, for example, it's like, well, you know, our FBA listings out of stock and you're like, but you have products sitting in your warehouse. You've got to have that set up correctly so that you can do that dual fulfillment. Um, do you want to dive into SEO? Cause I think that, um, gosh, let, the let, SEO let, advertising piece, so critical for growth. You can do your distribution enforcement. You can kick off your resellers. You can optimize your listings all you want, but if you want significant growth, it's in the SEO and the advertising and they just play hand in hand. So, so start off with, um, obviously there's been a lot of people that have been involved. They do SEO for their website or you know, sure. work with an agency or however they do it. But there's a couple of different ways that you can go about this. And where are you now with your clients in terms of applying SEO to listings and other communication devices? So, I mean, we, you have to do it initially. There's always, it's always going to be an ongoing piece of optimization and the neat thing is that we start with our best estimates of what people are searching for, what our product is relevant for. And so I've got a, a PDF that I think would actually be really helpful for your audience. So hopefully we can supply that, but it's an Amazon Absolutely. SEO keyword research prep PDF. And we go through things like, what are the product uses? Who are the target audience? What are the ingredients of the product? And we get you to think about some of these things that you go, oh, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. My, my product has this, or maybe it doesn't have this. Maybe it's dairy-free, or maybe it has this, uh, you know, maybe it has garlic. Well, people are looking for your product with, or, you know, with those terms or with those you know, criteria in mind, and you need to do the keyword research so that, again, when they search for it, you can get in front of them. So we start with initial concepts, like I said, seed words. We plug them into Helium 10. And one of the you know most startling revelations that I discovered in the past few months is 
if somebody searches for, and we're going to use barbecue sauce as our example for the day, sure. but if somebody's searching for barbecue sauce, I was amazed how many people also search for sauce barbecue. Never would have thought of it, but just the same keywords in different orders. It's really, really crazy. And sometimes it's because it's like, oh, I want a barbecue sauce. Oh, I want a barbecue sauce that's sweet. Or um, I want a low sodium barbecue sauce, but somebody else, you know, put in barbecue sauce and then like, oh, 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 and by the way, I really want something that's low sodium. So they may type in barbecue sauce, low sodium. And so uh, there's a great tool called mergewords.com. It's just a website where you can put in sort of those primary keywords like barbecue sauce and low sodium um, or you know the other sort of tangential terms that people might search in regards to barbecue sauce. Right. Um, and you can also put in, for example, synonyms. So some people spell barbecue out. Some people do BBQ. Okay, well, you've got to do the keyword research for both because if you don't, you're missing out on half the search volume for your product. And so, again, we start with all of these relevant terms and the way we determine relevance. Again, we understand these are the keywords that are applicable to my product. But if you're unsure about whether or not a keyword, a specific phrase is relevant to your product, the way to verify and vet that is to turn around and plug it back into Amazon and look at the organic ranked products that show up. Scroll past the sponsored because people advertise on anything, but look at what's organically ranking because that's Amazon's customers telling you, these are the types of product that we deem most relevant for this search term. And you ask yourself the question, does my product look like it belong, belongs here? You know, Are these products similar to my product? right? And if right. they're not, probably not going to be a great keyword. You can always test it. But I, I was so amazed. I did an audit of uh, three clients' accounts and we looked at keywords that had no search volume in Helium 10. And again, Helium 10 is a great tool to have, but we're talking about searches that are so low, it may be three or four a month or less. But if you're the only person advertising on those terms or using those keywords in your listing, they tend to convert insanely well. And we found on average, on average, Steve, 30% of advertised sales came from keywords that showed zero search volume in Helium 10. Not because it's not a great tool, just because the search volume was so low and nobody else was going after those keywords. And they came at half the cost that right. uh, keywords did that showed search volume. So again, we used to say, oh, well, let's look at search volume and then advertise on those. No, 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 no. You look at the search volume to optimize your listing, like your title. But when it comes to advertising, you want to go after every iteration and variation of those search terms uh, in broad phrase and exact match to capture as much possible traffic. And then from there, you can really fine tune the relevance by seeing what, what converts and what doesn't. And, and, and also so much relevant to the category you're in. So you pick yeah. barbecue sauce, which of course is a huge category, uh, but contains several major players who, by the way, have already bid on those key on the obvious right. keywords to a right, point exactly. you're probably never going to get it, or it's going to cost you right a hundred bucks for a yeah. sale. Of <laughs> exactly. Um, no. So yeah. So you've got to look at other things, other ways to do it. But if you're in that market, I'm going to assume you're in that market because you've got something different. Whether right. that is spice heat level, whether mm -hmm. it's a white barbecue sauce with me, I, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, if you're playing in that space you better have a unique selling proposition and you better be able to put that unique selling proposition into keywords. Yeah, 100%. I mean, so some of the ones that I played around with before, before the call today, the podcast was 
for barbecue sauce was low sodium. Okay. So people are looking for low sodium barbecue sauce. Is, right. is it a sweet barbecue sauce? Is it organic? Gift sets, barbecue sauce gift sets. Oh. Never would have thought of that. But of course, people search for it. So these are the things like we wouldn't think about it. Right. Uh, variety packs, you know, for example. So if you have a bundle you can put together, well, you got to put variety pack in the title so that it's relevant. Um, but then you also want to advertise on it. Yep. And that's the, that's, you know, an amazing thing too. By the way, uh, I'll, I'll mention, cause you just mentioned bundles. So I've had very good luck lately uh, with clients using uh, where we had a variety pack and maybe two different flavor things, uh, profiles going on instead switched over to having Amazon FBA do the bundle for us, meaning that it lists the three items. They pull the three items and put them mm-hmm. into a box. You don't have to do three boxes at the, at the warehouse and ship them to Amazon and hope somebody buys them. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a great testing ground. I think one of the drawbacks of that is it can be sometimes difficult to track because again, they're, they're assembling the bundles. Yep. And I don't know if this has changed, but when it first rolled out, people were not able to review, lead product reviews for those virtual bundles, which is wow. obviously a significant drawback. So I think a lot of that's still in, in beta testing phase. But if you're going to test which variations of bundles uh, you want to sell, right. that's a great way to do it. And then once you have proof of concept, now you bundle them up and, right. and package them and put them together. And again, if you were to do that at retail, you've got a business very quickly. Yeah, no, you can you can A-B test on Amazon so fast and so quickly and so easily. Um, one of the ways that I always tell clients, I said, you know, they're like, what bundle should we do? I said, well, look at your top selling products and scroll down and see what the frequently bought together is. Typically, if you've got a handful of products, if you've got a product selection and you've done a good job building that brand awareness, then people are typically buying two or three of your products together. Well, let Amazon tell you what that is. And if you look at a frequently bought together, I was looking at one the other day for a client, you know, it was three products for a bundle that it was, you know, $75, I think. Well, we offered a bundle that actually had an additional product. It was only $75 because again, when you put all those together, your fulfillment fee goes way down. You're shipping them in one container as opposed to many. And it was actually more profitable for us and a better deal for the customer. So it's, it literally becomes a, a win, win, win. Absolutely. Um, Shannon, spend a minute. I know you got some news regarding, uh, you know, Amazon Academy and stuff. What's, what's happening. So the Amazon brand success Academy, again, we started building gosh, over six years ago, almost six years ago. And, and I just finished a full revamp of every course, every lesson, every, uh, every slide is completely revamped and updated. Um, but the biggest change specifically in response to COVID was we wanted it to make it more accessible to more brands, um, whether they were merging, whether they were growing, uh, whatever stage they were at. Uh, so we actually just moved to a monthly pricing model. It used to be a $1,000 sort of all-in uh, upfront price. And now it's a $97 a month um, enrollment. And the benefit is they actually get right now, we are sort of running it as a special, they get a second license for free. So typically we find in a lot of uh, brands and specifically food brands, you're going to have one or two people who work on the Amazon side of things, right. maybe the advertising, yeah. the fulfillment, the customer service, uh, brand owner, and then the ex, you know, somebody who's more doing implementation. I, I just promise you, because of what we've done, the, the hard work, the effort to take all of the best practices in line with all of Amazon policy and put them into a single coherent course where you can get all the information you need to be successful, I just promise you it'll be the best investment you ever make. Um, and the nice thing is you can just enroll monthly. You don't have to worry about a long-term commitment or, or anything, but they get access to strategy training videos. They get access to 
resources, video tips, um, Q&A section inside the course, private Facebook group, and access to additional coaching. If they want to do one-on-one coaching with me, they can purchase that uh, as well. But it, it, I'm so excited about the opportunity that we have to help brands bypass all of these pitfalls that are so common and be able to accelerate their growth and achieve success and solve the problems that, that every brand owner selling on Amazon inevitably yeah. runs into. And, 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 and it's a bargain. And folks, I know Shannon is too humble to say it, but I'm the host. <laughs> and that is if you go back through and listen to this podcast again, and between the two of us, if we did not save you thousands of dollars on Amazon, or we did not increase your sales by thousands of dollars, then you were just weren't listening. That's <laughs> really what it's all about. Um, there's so there's so many things. The other thing, Shannon, is changing. So one of the, I, I know frustration levels of some people that I've worked with has been, mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't deal with Amazon because it isn't the same as it was last week. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's true, but that's all, all the more reason like to be involved uh, you know, with, with you and, and to have agency people that you work with, whatever to, to do it, because you know what, it is going to change. Yeah. Welcome to yeah, the yeah. world. It is not going to stay stagnant for 20 years. And uh, you know, but you, you've got to, you, you have to realize that, that that speed of change is not like it was 10 years ago. The speed mm-hmm. of change is now just, you know, lightning speed weeks. Yeah. Weeks or months or less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Amazon is tweaking all the time. Mm-hmm. No, they don't have it right. I mean, well, they do have it right, <laughs> but the Amazon, Amazon doesn't keep up with themselves. I mean, they've got, you right. know, oh, yeah. they're still rolling out. They've rolled it out a plus content a year ago. They're still calling it enhanced brand content, which is technically the old name for it. But you know, again, their philosophy is run fast and break things. But but the nice thing, Steve, is when you come to something like listing optimization, 85% of your success is in the setup. You get that nailed down once, right? Do it really well. You're only going to have to make minor tweaks and changes. And this even goes back to the SEO and advertising. We will discover new keywords from advertising that we never would have thought of. You go, wow, you know, this came in through a broad match or an auto campaign. And then all of a sudden we're seeing new keywords. You're like, oh, that's a great idea. And that can be you know, sort of open the door into whole new realms of opportunities of keywords that you never even thought about. And so again, it's part of the validation process. Um, But again, super closed system. The data analytics is there. Not easy to see on Amazon, but sign up for seller scale and you'll be able to see it more clearly. But you gotta gotta run advertising, but you gotta structure and uh, campaigns right. And you gotta bid on the right keywords to to make it happen. Yeah, and to to get the the return on investment that Uh that you need. Yeah, um, sure. on the SEO side. So again, um, if you're out there thinking, you know, oh, I did SEO for the website and I don't know, I mean, da, blah, blah, blah. Um, net effect. I work with a client who we're in the middle of an SEO, uh, upgrade and we got some preliminary stuff back and a couple of things stuck out. And what the difference was, is they were consumer descriptions, not people who are in the industry descriptions, right? And it's people in the industry that are right. setting up the descriptions, right? Right. Not exactly. The consumer. So we found a couple of words and particular product lines that were doing 300 units a day, changed on a Friday, changed the description, put in the consumer words on Sunday, did 460 on the things we were doing 300 on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. And it's continued. So obviously we missed the, we had been missing the boat because again, we weren't catching those. And these, by the way, are not, uh, as, as you mentioned, Shannon, these are not in the top. 200 list of keywords for that right. category. Exactly. But but there's a lot of words under the 200 and that happened to be an important one when people were looking for it. 
So, and that's and that's the other piece. In some cases, you could say it was driving more traffic, and it, it certainly sounded like it was. On the other aspect, also consider that if a customer is looking for a product again to solve a problem, um, if you validate in the listing that it has this or contains this or doesn't have this, you're also increasing your conversion rate at the same time. So again, right. it's this it's this art plus science, the science of the search volume and the data and the art of crafting a beautifully well-written listing that ensures a customer's experience to go, wow, I want this product. I need this product. I'm going to buy this product. And, and again, again, if, if, if people aren't geeking out on SEO, if you go back, back a few years ago when gluten-free became something, all right, there were all kinds of people who put naturally gluten-free on their product that never had any gluten in the product to begin with. Why? <laughs> because people looked for gluten-free. Got to get in front of that highway. And gluten-free became the denominator, right? For everything, for the quality level of the product, for the health level. And it's like, no, this product never had gluten to begin with. So SEO is in much the same way as that people put in, they're looking for something. Mm -hmm. uh, just because you don't call it that, that's really not what we're talking about here. We're talking about getting to the bottom of that because it's it's so critical going forward. Yeah, there are, and there's a couple, and I'll just kind of throw this out there. I see companies struggle with advertising more than anything else. And I've gone through my own journey because two and a half years ago, I didn't really know a lot about advertising. I didn't really deal with it. I'm more of a listing optimization, a cleanup and infrastructure guy. Um, I had to, uh, obviously, if you're going to teach something, you got to know it and understand it. But it was so confusing to me. And the reassuring thing is that as I've worked through that, I've worked really hard to make it simple for other people. And some of the mistakes that people make of putting too many keywords into campaigns, too many products into ad groups, um, you know, not adjusting the bids uh, correctly, either too high or too low. Um, but honestly, there are so many just outlandish mistakes that we see with advertising and it's something that's so frustrating with uh, for brand owners because they know they need to do it. Right. It's very hard to find a good advertising service, whether it's an agency, you know, whether you're doing it in house, you know, find somebody who really understands what they're doing enough to make it pay for itself. If you hire somebody two thousand bucks a month to do advertising and they help you make an extra fifteen hundred gross, you're losing money on that deal. You know, you've got to <laughs> yeah. find you've got to find a way to make it work. So. Um, the masterclass, I think, covers some of the, the three most important mistakes or biggest mistakes that brands make. And I've done coaching for dozens of food brands over the last year. Uh, and almost all of them, we touched on the advertising. And we would talk about an element of advertising. And I would explain something to them for, that made sense for the first time. And they're like, I would just watch a jaw on the other end of the Zoom call, Drop. hit the floor and go, oh my gosh, that makes sense. I never realized that. I never thought about that before. Or the agency was running this for me, and I just didn't, I didn't know. Um, and so, again, if you have that inkling that you're working with an agency or you're working with a cons consultant, and you're not getting results, and you're like, I know my competitors are crushing it, so like I know there's sales growth to be had. Um, it's probably a problem with structure. It's probably a problem with bid optimization or SEO, and in some cases, all three. But I had a client who um, I was working with, and they they went to an agency. They were you know, paying a monthly fee. And they had basically done like $5,000 a month in sales for almost two years, literally with just no increase. I think they'd start to sneak up a little bit, six, 7,000. Um, she said, I just know we can be doing better. Our competitors are doing $100,000 a month. 
And so I get in and sure enough, like nothing was done correctly. It, you know, it was so poorly optimized. And we were able to help them increase 30 to 40% just month over month. And we went from 5,000, I think we started with them about 8,000, you know, and it just went up 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, 25,000. They're $25,000 a month. And we're looking to go after that 100,000 because we know it's in sight. We know what the competitors are doing. We use Jungle Scout to look at the sales estimates. We know what's possible. And right. now we have a very specific game plan to actually get, get there and make that happen. Yeah. And it's just, it's just super, super important. And, you know, when we're going through, I mean, there's one of the things that the social platforms have given us that is confusing is you have so many opportunities to spend money. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, and you've got the Google people are calling you the USA today has a group that does local average and you know, how much are you going to spend on Facebook? What are you going to do on Instagram? All of that. Right. But, but starting at, I think starting at the center. So if you're on Amazon, my humble opinion, first dollar goes to Amazon because Amazon knows where the people are. So if you do advertising on Amazon, on the platform, you also do the off-platform advertising again, because they have a very good idea of where those people are. They're not, you know, they, they, they're already seeing from attribution, meaning where people came into Amazon, right. from whatever site to buy that product or that category, they got that all figured out. They may not share all of that with you, but they know, okay? So then yeah. there's that. Then there's then going out and again, applying this keyword idea to, does your advertising even have some of those keywords in it? Now, I'm not saying it needs to necessarily because you can do a lot with imagery and video, but if you're missing a couple of big ones, wow, you know, um, you, you got to do it and get to test it and having a partner to do that with you is uh, is is very important. So, you know, yeah, I mean, and that's something that people just feel completely overwhelmed. Like that's where, like I do one-on-one -on -one coaching to help brands specifically, you know, it's like, you don't even need a monthly retainer or anything. Just you can book a, an on-demand 60 minute coaching call to help set up or optimize your, you know, your advertising, take a look at it. Um, but I think companies have the ability to blow more money on advertising, waste more money. And I've, I've seen clients who are working with agencies go through 50,000, $100,000 and yeah. Yep. Now, if you're if you're set up correctly, you can use that money as an investment, not as wasted ad spend, but an investment to determine which keywords work and which ones don't. And I worked with a client and we went through this very painful process of, because they had a very unique situation, okay? Just incredibly unique. Probably only two companies in the entire country have their unique setup in their product line. And it was very difficult to determine exactly how to set up advertising for all their products. Um, but once we had spent the money, even though the results initially were not great, we had data. So now that we have data, I and that's the most important thing, that's what Amazon right. and Facebook and all these guys thrive on. Right. We went back, I did an analysis and I said, okay, here's the game plan. Okay. So Steve, so imagine like a year and a half of sort of frustration, trying different agencies. And I wasn't even really doing advertising at that point, but this is the part, part that I was kind of like, okay, I have to figure this out because my clients are hurting and need this help. I, I laid out the strategy. We uploaded, I don't know, maybe 100 campaigns. We did $18,000 in three weeks and had to shut it off. It was so effective, they couldn't keep up with demand. <laughs> That's the power That's, of yeah. having good data and understanding the nuances of this is what works for us. Because see, there's no one size fits all. Everybody has to go on a journey. You have to go on a keyword journey to discover what keywords are actually relevant for your product. You have to go on to a you know, a listing optimization journey to discover 
the messaging and the imagery that really connect with your customers and your target audience. And you mentioned brand registry. You have access to brand analytics. You can actually look at the demographics of people who buy your product on Amazon. So you may think I'm reaching millennials and you go on to Amazon <laughs> brand analytics and you're like, no, I'm not. Everybody you know who buys our product is a senior. So you can use that data. And then again, go through this process that we call optimize, launch, analyze, where you're continuing continuing to optimize your listings, drive targeted traffic, and then analyze the results and say, what changes can and do we need to make? Guys, it's part of the journey. You have to do it. Nothing is wasted as long as you're learning from it. And you know, again, we look at a client that we helped you know, go through this very painful uh, struggle with advertising. They did 2 million net on Amazon last year. We increased their net revenue from 1 to 2 million. And right. the advertising is like, it's a breeze. We figured out, but we had to go through that journey. And everybody does. No two companies' journeys are exactly the same. Yep. No. And, and you know, unique situations. And you, but you also have a bunch of unique tools mm -hmm. um, you can use and people that can, uh, you know, people that can help you out and stuff. Uh, Shannon, give us a, the uh, website again so they can get in touch with you and find out more about your services and the classes. Yeah. So, marketplacesellercourses.com. And again, from there, you can access our free Amazon Masterclass. Uh, enroll in the Amazon Brand Success Academy. You in instant access to all of our online courses for that or on-demand coaching if you're just looking to book some time with me one-on-one -on -one to discuss your Amazon. And if you want any information, you can also reach out to me if you get the uh, podcast mailings um, and, and postings. We'll have that there as well as the um, uh, other information that Shannon's going to give us, which includes the SEO um, and uh, there was something else. Now I forgot, see, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> there was... <laughs> There was, was yeah. something else, but we'll have it. We'll have it available, and we'll have we'll have links as well, so you guys can do that. Shannon, I really appreciate um, taking the time to be with us today. Steve, and thanks so much for having me. It's always my pleasure. And of course, if people want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, that's the platform I'm most active on. You know, connect with me, ask any questions. I'd love to engage with food brand owners at any level. That's awesome. We're looking forward to it. All right, we will we will have you back on again. Obviously, we have some things to talk about down the road because. You could talk about Amazon now and you can talk about Amazon in six months. Uh, and it'll all be different. Be <laughs> um, we also have to, we also have to talk about it sometime. We have to talk about other e-commerce platforms and, and the, kind of the role that they play in building your brand, because there are, even though we focus a lot mm -hmm. on Amazon, there are other people out there. Walmart.com has become very important. Uh, Kroger.com, Albertsons, everybody is investing very heavily in this and um, you want to be there as a brand. And I do have one so part, parting word, Steve, you know, it, you mentioned, you know, first dollar spend at Amazon. My friend Eric Coimans uh, has a strategy that he recommends. He says Amazon is like free money because it is the, the ability to get conversions. And, you, you know, every ad dollar you spend on Amazon has the ability to convert to compared to every any other platform. Take that money, invest in multi-channel. You do not want to become an Amazon dependent brand, regardless of where yes, you're spending money. So, right. so, so to clarify, spend your first dollar on Amazon, that's great, but then use that revenue to build out your Shopify storefront, to build out these other channels because you want to have a diversified marketplace uh, approach. And yes, I'm an Amazon guy, which is probably even more so why I believe in diversified uh, channel strategy because Amazon is unreliable in terms of anything can change at any time and you never want to be that dependent on an, uh, on a platform uh, regardless. And so make sure you're diversifying it, it. Diversification, the companies 
Steve, that survived last year during COVID were diversified. They weren't right. just relying on retail. They weren't just relying on e-commerce. They weren't just relying on one channel. So be diversified um, and you'll thank me for it later. Yeah, multi-channel, you have to be multi-channel. 100%. Survive in order to grow. Um, yep. And also because your consumer is constantly moving as well. So, you know, appreciate it. Great advice as always, Shannon. Thank you so much for taking the time. I want to thank everybody else for joining us today on the Next Level Brands podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the education resource for CPG entrepreneurs and emerging brands. Kitchen to Shelf is the sponsor of Words to Grow By. That's a collection of great advice and inspiration, including Shannon, by the way, from other guests who've appeared on the Next Level podcast. So if you want to try some weekly counsel from fellow founders and industry leaders, try Words to Grow By from Kitchen to Shelf, available on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and free subscription available at kitchentoshelf.com. This is Steve Clare. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.